We are Stephen and Jill. Together, we've been buying and reselling land since the 90s. Our data-centric approach leaves our buyers asking, how can you sell it so cheap? Here on the Land Academy Show, we answer that and more. Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about using real estate news to forecast your land investing choices. Okay. This, uh, I like this because, and I'm glad we're talking about this, because we all are reading, oh my gosh, it's slowing down. Interest rates are 5%. We haven't seen that since 2000 and whatever. Everybody's panicking. Now it's going to be changing. What do we do? What do we do? And so everybody, you know, there's always a fire. So I'm happy to talk about it. And I want to talk about, too, what, what pieces of that do we pick out and use for our purposes? And when do we just go, well, whatever. I don't care who you are or where you come from. If you don't agree with this statement, something's wrong. Okay. The news is a mess. Oh gosh. I don't they care. They like it that way. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's all shock value. I don't care where you come from, right, left, up, down, doesn't matter. Right. It's, it's, uh, you have to, we have now more than ever, I tell our kids this all the time. You kids have a massive responsibility in your generation to, de- to cipher through all the gunk that's out there, like way more than Jill and I ever had to. Yeah. We had three or four television stations, a bunch of radio stations, and old school parents telling us, and just, it's, we didn't have any choices. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's a lot harder now. Do you think we're swinging back? I kind of do. I hope so. I think we're kind of swinging back where everybody was so into their phones and this and that. No one communicated. And now I think, I honestly think that there's a little bit of a pushback and and swinging back a little bit where I'm going to pick up the phone or I'm going to get on my bike. Look, there's some I'm going to really, get on my bike and ride over and see I, who's home. I have a, a lot to say about this. And it, and it it is very, in my opinion, very easily decipherable. And it's really easy to find the good, the good real truth uh, in news and statistics and economics and all of that really easily. And I'll talk all about it here in a few, few minutes. Every single week on Thursday at uh, two o'clock Pacific time, I do, we have a me- closed membership call for Land Academy members. There's several hundred people on there every every week, uh, every week. And I start the call off by talking about exactly what we're going to talk about today. Like, right. hey, let's look at the market and is it good for us or bad for us or what's coming? The good news is that if you pay attention to, I don't know, four or five things which we'll talk about, you can see into the future. It's not like the stock market. That's true. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. And I hope you know that Jill and I personally instruct a handful of new and existing Land Academy members in a live class called Career Path. Uh, If buying and selling your land is your career, or you want it to be, give us a call. Or actually email us at support at landacademy.com and find out if it's for you. Dave wrote, is anyone out there having their deal funders ask them to assign the contract to them? The funder, prior to closing on the buy side. One of my funders who I've done multiple deals with is asking for this now. I like this person and trust them as much as you could trust someone you haven't met, but it makes me nervous signing over all legal interest in this property with only a TIC agreement, whatever the little This contract. is very encrypted contract in place to protect my interest in the proceeds. Not you. Okay, thank you. 
Am I wrong here? Or is I have a lot to say on this. So do I. Or is this the new normal? Like I said, I trust this person. I'm not even remotely worried that they're trying anything funny. It just feels weird, especially since we've never done it like this before. And none of the other funders I've worked with have either. So here's the whole point. Um, if it's a deal like I usually do where you find the deal, you have a signed purchase agreement, has your company name on it, your name, whatever it is, everything's peachy. You reach out to me. I say, sure, I'll fund it. I'm going to fund 100%. Now we open escrow. So as we get into escrow, 99% of the time, they're going to say, wait a minute. Um, if Jill's buying it, Jill's name should be on this purchase agreement, not Mike Smith on the purchase agreement. So um, for in order for this to work, we need to get you an updated, you know, whatever. So that will normally happen and that will be requested by the title agent. Um, and then we go, oh, sure. You know, no big deal. We're all in escrow. We're all on the same page and we're moving along. So I... I, this, I think that this person's probably, I'm trusting. If you trust them, I'm trusting them. They've done some deals before and they do need to have their name on the purchase agreement. Are they opening escrow? So if they're handling, it kind of depends on who's doing the work here. If they're opening escrow for you and getting that part rolling because it's their money and they're predicting they're going to ask for this down the road and they're right, then I agree with it. So I, I actually don't have issues with this. This is a norm. Yeah. Person who has the it's money correct. calls the shots, right? Not just in land investing, but everything, right? So, yeah, if you ha find a great deal and you have a funder, and the it's supposed to you need the twenty thousand dollars to buy it, and it's going to generate at eighty thousand. Yeah, it's going to go in the funder. You bring it to the funder. The funder puts it in their own name or the, uh -huh. assigns it. In this case, I think you're going to assign it to the funder. You're going to go about your awesome business of effectively selling the property without this funder's involvement, generate the $80,000. It's going to go into the, the funder's bank account and you're going to get paid out of escrow. I can't think of a better arrangement. Mm. Or you both get paid out of escrow. Yeah. Yeah. Not but, the funder, not the, the funder the writing name, you a check. <laughs> the name on, on escrow is the funder. Right. Not you. Right. Unless you guys are splitting it. Who's, you know, I've had a few deals like that where we split it 50-50. Well, sure. If you're going to put 50% of the money in, sure. We both, then both of our names are on the That's deed, awesome. And both That's of our names are on the document. Yep. So this is, so I'm glad you asked this question. And, and uh, that helped you <laughs> feel good. This is confusing for this reason. Uh, and this is in Discord all over the place right now. A regular lending, this is not lending. It's, it's a active, it's a partnership. It's equity financing, technically. What we're all used to is debt financing. When we go to buy a house from Bank of America, they give us the mortgage. Uh, we go on the deed. We own the house. And then there's a lien. <laughs> there's a lien. Bank of America yeah. has a lien. And so we pay our, our mortgage off and then we own it uh, free and clear with a full bundle of rights. So this is where what causes this confusion about the way in Land Academy, how we fund deals and, and how we, we think is the great. I, I'm allergic to debt. I'll, I'll, here, full disclosure, truth time. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, talk right now in Discord about um, hard money and hard money lending. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in debt in general, certainly not unsecured debt. I'm actually going to talk about it on a Thursday call today in, I in hate great that. detail. So, and Jill and I are on the same page about this. So, I hear triage and I'm like, don't. Me too. Don't do that. I think that. it's sneaky. I do too. I think you don't really have any real position. You, you have an equitable title, no real position in it. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then the other side of the argument is it's expensive. Equity finance is, is expensive, mm -hmm. but 
you don't have to go through any of the stuff. And if something goes sideways, guess what? The funder's stuck with it with no recourse. Yeah. So that's why your funder's saying, I want 30, 40, 50% of this deal because if something goes sideways, it's, I'm stuck I, have, with it. I have to take all the risk. You're taking no risk at all. Right. That's true. Today's topic is using, using real, sorry. <laughs> I got, I got sidetracked. Go okay. ahead. Using real estate news to forecast your land investing choices in 2022. Before you start, I would love to make one comment to a comment you made, which I thought was brilliant. You said, you know, what's great about this industry is it's not like the stock market. Holy moly. Stock market can change in minutes. Yeah. That's what's, you know, like. According to the weather, it can change. Right? Literally. It could be, it, yeah, it could be. It could be a tornado takes mm -hmm. out GoDaddy and yeah. watch the stock market. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, You're exactly right. This, and then the stock market plummets in minutes. Like, what just happened? Or war breaks out, like this thing yeah, in the Ukraine. That, that's that dramatically my, alters, right. so doesn't change how we buy and sell land at all. We are very fortunate that what we do, we can see stuff coming. We can plan for it. We can kind of predict it. And I know you're going to talk all about that. Yeah. So thank you. There's key indicators all over the internet uh, or all over the news. And there always have been. The federal government keeps microscopic track for all the stuff that the federal government does wrong. <laughs> One of the things that I believe that they actually do really well and have done really well. I'm going to write this down. That's number three. <laughs> Number three out of 3,421,637. Thank you. They keep uh, through the census and all kinds of other dips, uh, types of bureaus, you know, federal bureaus. They keep uh, fantastic records of all kinds of stuff that goes on in our country, like gross domestic product, how many houses, housing starts there are, and on and on and on. It's seemingly limitless. And I'm, I'm a data person, so I love this stuff. So that's the real meat of what all the, the noise on the internet is. So if you go to look at any article or hopefully most articles about, hey, the unemployment rate went up or down at the bottom of the article or right in the article, they'll, the, whoever's uh, writing it, including if it's a computer, which is often, it'll say this is the root of this article or, or that the, you know, it's you know, old, old school, you called it a footnote. This is the source of my information. And then they go off. And so it's, you have to separate actual statistics from opinions and the vast majority of its opinions. And when you Google something, you're going to get 92 opinions. And at the bottom, the federal government article that whoever wrote it or released the information that they've been tracking for 100 plus years, literally, and that's the source of it. So all, there's all news housing starts to get to the real serious topic here. When you get to the source of, of all these silly uh, articles, we look at new housing starts. We look at uh, not so much interest rates, but mortgage rates. We look at now through uh, websites like Realtor.com, who have spent hundreds of millions of dollars a year collecting data uh, to tell their real estate agents and now the public where people are moving, why they're moving there, and on and on and on. So if you track this stuff and you look at it like we do on the, on the Thursday member call, you can see slight little movements. Nothing happens overnight in real estate. And I'm knocking on wood here. Almost never does, do things happen overnight, like on the stock market. No. You don't ever wake up and say, fast... half my portfolio is gone. You just don't do that. No, that's, I... that's why we're in this business. 
I'd say like lightning speed for real estate would be 30 days. That'd be That'd lightning be weird. speed. Lightning speed. Really, it's six, six months to a year. And so everything in the, in the real estate market is gauged by houses, SFRs. Why? Because everybody understands houses. As a consumer, we understand a house. As a, a, a renter who wants to have a house, we get it. As a lender, we understand houses. You know, so the vast majority of real estate is tracked in SFR speak. And so, yeah, we track that because land always follows that. Land is always six months to a year behind it when it comes to market fluctuation and pricing and all of that. When you get into urban markets and infill lots, houses define prices. And so it's really, really easy uh, to track what makes sense to you from a housing standpoint uh, to see what's going to happen in the land market. Let me give you an example. If you live in Joliet, Illinois, I'm just picking out a city or a town, and you spend about an hour on Google finding, realizing what those zip codes are, what the, even the census tracts if you want to, and then looking at the real estate data that's, that is produced on the internet or associated with those zip codes about new housing starts, the prices of the median price of houses going up and down over time, and all the factors that uh, go into that and why, you're gonna get a real feel for that market in maybe an hour or an hour and a half. And then you can line up all the data against that to Jonesboro, Illinois, which is south of there. I don't know why I'm picking on Illinois this today. It's just it. I just, that's what I came to my mind. And you can pretty quickly see that, well, stuff in Joliet's a lot slower than let's say Jonesboro. And then start comparing Illinois to Indiana and on and on and on. So you get this relativity uh, and this movement of how prices are happening with houses and in a lot of cases in more uh, urban areas land. And so you can forecast what's going to happen. I have a question when you tell me sure. it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am going to kind of sure. put you on the spot. Sure. So stump the chump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this game. So, but okay. Based on current new information um, about, okay, interest rates going up and people worrying about housing slowing and people not being able to qualify for housing. I'm like, I'm, I'm still feel like we're sitting pretty beyond six months in the land space. So what do you think about like, let me, here's, let me phrase it another way. I can't qualify for house. I've got all this money lined up. I've got this, this, I can't get this, but I can sure afford a piece of dirt. And I can sure afford to do it on my own. Might take me longer, but I can do it. So this is a great question. You have to separate the questions into two parts. You have to think like a seller and think like a buyer. Right now, it's a seller's market because there's so many buyers. Why? Because buyers are flush with cash. Why? Because their housing values of house values have skyrocketed in the last 12 months. So they have a lot of cash. They're, they have a lot of cash uh, from a you know, a second position mortgage or home equity line and all of that. Jill and I have seen, this is our fourth cycle. This is my fourth cycle in my lifetime. Uh, it's probably Jill's third cycle uh, for, for a bunch of reasons. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I have an unhealthy <laughs> interest. Like, well, as a teenager. Sounds like Jill was at a program for well, one Jill's, of them. Well, <laughs> Jill was having fun as a teenager while there I was sitting in a, looking at a computer. So Well, there is that, yes. That's really what I mean. Like okay, that first cycle, Jill was like, I was 13. at every concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was 
front row seats at every concert. That's why you're in a classroom. So there's two perspectives in, in all this stuff, a buyer and a seller, you know? And so in both, both markets, we, as land investors in our group, we both make money in both markets. It's just different ways of making money. So right now it's a great market for a seller because everybody's flush with cash. Well, what's changing because of inflation, Interest rates are going up to try to hedge that off. The federal government's raising interest rates, and the direct effect of that is is raising uh, mortgage rates. Don't please don't confuse it too. Mortgage rates follow interest rates, and so you can see what's going to happen if if interest rates are, there's an announcement that then mortgage rates go up uh, maybe a day or two days later. So you can see into the crystal ball and this stuff. So how much time do we have? Well, there's a bunch of factors in effect here. Number one, and for, first and foremost. The millennial generation from a sheer size standpoint is like nothing this country's ever seen. There are more people turning 30 and in that 35-year-old range than ever before in sheer numbers, and they all need a place to live. They also are the most educated, so they have the most money. There's a huge workforce lust right now, so it's really easy for these kids to jump jobs and make more money and, and afford more housing. And so that's all good for us as land sellers. It's harder to buy property the way that we, we want, which is a natural, and this is the second part of it, a natural progression uh, because prices are higher. But it doesn't, it's, we still make just as much money because we, we pay more and, and sell it for more. And the way we do it, I'm still looking for a situation that'll never change. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explain that. I, I'm like midstream in this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were, that was it. Go so ahead. so yeah. here's the thing. If you watch these statistics every week, like we do on Thursday, you can actually predict it. But I'll tell you, I just read an article and, and uh, the federal government came out with a report about cash on hand and, and tertiary debt. And so for whatever reason, and I think it has a direct, it's a direct result of the federal government subsidizing everybody with cash payments over this COVID period, that's run out. And so that we took on like more than a as a country more than a trillion dollars of tertiary debt in the last three months last quarter so that and here's the great news which means tells me that people are running out of cash that this flush cash situation well guess what the first thing people do when they run out of cash sell something sell something that's what i was gonna that they was sell my point land that they're not using it's a situation. So it goes like this. It's a, it's a slow rolling wave uh, most of the time in real estate. And you can, just like a surfer, you can see where, pretty much see where it's going to crest if you know what you're look, uh, looking at. Go ahead. That was it. I explained my situation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy you could join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the Land Academy Show is called How to Handle Multiple Land Buyers All at Once. You are not alone. And your real estate ambition. That was good. You did have a lot to say. It was one of our longest shows in a while. Yeah, I know. You, yes. <laughs> People think that I have a lot to say, but oh, no. No, no. I don't have nearly as much to say. Yep. It's good. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. And by the way, if, in case you didn't know, we recently released our latest and greatest 2022 educational project for Land Academy called 
Land Academy 3.0, Catching Up with Land Academy. We spent months putting this together and making sure you have the most up-to-date education program on the market to help you succeed, like us, at buying and selling land. Call uh, 833-522-5545 or send a message to support at landacademy.com if you have questions and you want to see if this is for you. We We are are Jack Jack and Jill. Jill. Information. And inspiration. To buy undervalued property.